Could there be an unexpected key to victory for the Arizona Wildcats? Possibly a new quarterback under center. We're going to talk about all those possibilities coming up right here on Locked On Wildcats. You are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Keeping it locked on, Wildcats, and making this your first listen of the day. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right, Arizona-Washington is here, my friends. All right, what is going to happen in this game for the Wildcats and what needs to happen for a victory? All right, first we got to talk about Washington because Washington is obviously very, very good. And not only are they very good, I would make the case, and I would say that Washington is the best team in the entire Pac-12. Um, you watch Washington play and, uh, they're just a little bit different. It's weird talking about Washington as opposed to SC because Washington has a little bit of a fear factor to them that SC really, it's weird saying this, I get it, but that SC really doesn't. And a lot of that starts with the passing game, quite frankly, the passing game. I know that you've got, uh, I know that you got Michael Penix or excuse me, Caleb Williams back there, Heisman trophy winner. But I look at Washington's uh, quarterback and uh, receiver combinations, and honestly, I come away thinking that they're a little bit better, to be honest with you. Um, And, you know, that's Jalen McMillan, Roma Dunze. These are guys, these are massive wide receivers right here. Not only are they massive wide receivers, they are huge dudes that, you know, not only can they make plays after the catch, they can make plays in the air. They can do essentially anything. And... Um, I think that it's fair to say that this is going to be Ephesians, Prysock, Takario Davis, and this secondary's biggest test of their entire careers. And this could be the biggest test of their entire collegiate careers because of how different these guys are. Um, now, Ephesians, Prysock, we, we all know he's got a world of talent. This is why you want those six foot four cornerbacks in there because they can do things. They can make up for a variety of mistakes that smaller corners just can't. I mean, that's just really the way it is. When you got a bigger cornerback out there, they've got the capability of being do, able to do some things that uh, smaller corners just can't do. So this is going to be a real test for Ephesians Prysock. And not only is this going to be a real test for Ephesians Prysock, this is going to be the kind of test where you could probably, if he, if he does a good job here, this goes on his NFL tape. And not only does this go on his NFL tape, this also goes on his tape where he can really show people that, man, this is what I can do. And it's not only that, he can also show people that, um, yeah, um, Jalen McMillan, first round pick right there, Roma Dunze, same thing. Guess who played well against him? Me, Ephesians Prysock. That's where it's uh, that's where it's at. It's going to be a huge, huge first test for him. And not only is it going to be a huge first test for him, I think we're kind of at the stage now where let's see that next move there, Ephesians. Because again, Ephesians Price Priceock has a ton of talent. He's been a little up and down this season, but you can clearly tell that the uh, you can clearly tell that the skill is there. And not only is the skill there, um, it's a uh, it's a unique ability he has to be able to flip those hips, to be able to uh, not only be able to flip the hips, 
to be able to get into the uh, get into the secondary and run with smaller receivers, bigger receivers. Uh, Jed Fish has shown multiple ta- talked multiple times about how Ephesians Prysock is the dude who. You can just tell he's got a little bit of a different, uh, a little bit of a different um, uh, swag to him, and you can see why he was a four-star kid coming out. Um, I think that's the matchup of the game right there. Um, because and now again, Arizona's likely going to go in their dollar formation right there, where you're going to have five or six DBs out there at all time. I could see him going with three safeties, what have you. But that's the dude right there. Ephesians Prysock has to be able to. Has to be able to make that. Has to be able to make that move. Quite frankly, that's the best way that I can put it. And not only does it need to be able to make that move, he's got to be able to uh, uh, hold the flank down next to Takario Davis. Now, Takario Davis, another big corner right there. And not only is he a big corner, he is the type of dude who was a little bit underrated. Wasn't nearly as highly thought of as. Uh, uh, Ephesians Prysock, but again, he quickly came in here and not only was he, uh, not only did he show everybody what he needed to do, he showed people that I'm not a safety. I am a cornerback right there. And I think that's something that was very intriguing for uh, Jed Fish and the entire coaching staff. So we'll see exactly what happens there. But those two dudes right there, those are two huge keys to the game. We're going to get to uh, Noah Fafita there in a second, but those are the two guys right there. Now, the rest of the secondary, we've talked about it nonstop. Gunnar Maldonado, Gunnar Maldonado, what do you do with Gunnar Maldonado? Um, I get it. Every coach has a every coach has a soft spot for a player. There's no doubt about it. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. The best coaches of all time have soft spots. That's the best way I can put it. We talk at Lute Olson, one of the top 15 college basketball coaches to ever roam a sideline. Uh, couldn't understand that Mustafa Shakur wasn't good. Just kind of the way it is. Um, now, I think that uh, Jed Fish, there is a big case of that. Um, There's a big case of that uh, with Gunnar Maldonado. Because you can tell by watching Gunnar Maldonado, you don't need to be anybody special to say that, man, this guy is, um, this guy is the, uh, this guy's not that good. Not only not that good, he can't really cover, and, you know, again, I've always been the guy that thinks the pro football focus is a tad overrated, to be honest with you. Um, I don't think that they can really – I don't think it's really possible for them to be able to grade out plays when they don't know what a defensive scheme is, what the formation is, or whatever the case may be right there. But I will say that when you are ranked as the worst, second-worst safety in the entire country, the second-worst DB – and you're ranked as one of the top three de- worst defensive players in the entire country, that's not a good thing. And you look at it, uh, what teams are doing, they go right after, they go right after a, uh, excuse me, um, Ephesians, or uh, not Ephesians, Price Hawk. they go right after Gunnar Maldonado. Gunnar Maldonado. Um, and I think the big part of it is that um, um, this Looks out of place. Just not that dude. You look at Dalton Johnson back there, he's not continuously getting beat. Um, You look at Isaiah Taylor, same way. Now, I'm not saying these dudes are Ed Reed, but I'm also not sitting here saying that they're uh, not that uh, they're Gunnar Maldonado either. You got to figure out what to do with Gunnar Maldonado. And I think this is going to be a huge problem of uh, from uh, basically every team that's playing Arizona going forward here. And 
You got to find out what you're going to do with that one right there. Again, I'm not really sure what the case may be. All right. Now we're going to get into the deep uh, the defensive line. And then we're going to save the big part for the second part of the show. But first, Nutrafol. All right. Here's the deal. Use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $10 off your first month subscription. Show uh, Shop now at Nutrafol.com backslash men. If you get older, you start losing your hair. You start, uh, you know, just getting a little bit older. Nutrafol says you don't need to do that. Nutrafol says you can be better. You can be a better man, and we are here to help you. Again, check it out. Nutrafol.com uh, backslash men. And again, use Locked On College for $10 off your first month subscription. You will thank me later. All right. We're going to take a quick little break. We're going to come back with you, and we're going to talk about the linebackers and the defensive line. Then we're going to get to the offensive side of the ball. Thanks for keeping it Locked On Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right. Now... Now, it is time to talk about the defensive line right here. And the defensive line is uh it's it's not it's not great, but it's also not bad, which is a massive massive improvement um in basically in <laughs> It's just funny. It's funny when I look at my show notes and I just look at the stats. Last year, when you had uh, 9 sacks on the entire season, and so far this year, you've got guys with three and a half sacks, two sacks, up and down, up and down, down the line. It is, uh, it's very, very impressive what they've been able to do. Now, it's going to be a different animal against Washington. I think we all know that. And not only do we all know that, it's going to be a spot where the Wildcats are going to have, this is going to have to be a bend, but don't break. But you got to have Taylor Upshaw. Taylor Upshaw has got to continue to make plays out there. And not only does he need to continue to make plays, he needs to continue to get after the quarterback. He's been the dude that has been able to not only be able to stop and contain the edge, but he's also been able to get after the quarterback. Like I said, the one thing about, the one thing about him is that I think it's fair to say right now that Upshaw has been probably the best, uh, has probably, probably been the best pass rusher that Arizona has had during the Jed Fish era. Now, we talked about it. Wanting to get somebody in here that could uh, possibly replicate what, um, what uh, Hunter Eccles was able to do. He has more than replicated what Hunter Eccles has been able to do. And not only has he been able to replicate it, he's been able to take that to the next level. And we'll continue to see what it ha what happens. Again, Arizona has not played a lot of great teams so far. So that kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of difficult to really say where everything stands. But I will say this. I think it's fair to say right now that this D-line is solid, which is something that everybody before the season would have taken. Every single person, every last person out there watching would have taken a solid D-line. Now, the linebacker spot, again, I think everybody thought that this would be the uh, highlight of the team. And not only is it the highlight of the uh, defense, Jacob Manu is a monster. He's the leader of the defense right there. But Justin Flo, Justin Flo says, do not forget about me. I raise my hand, Justin Flo. Um, you can see why he was the top rated defensive prospect in the entire country. He's got a suddenness. He's got a boom to him that nobody else on this team has. And quite frankly, that you very rarely see come through the U of A. But is he going to continue to be able to make that one move or continue to do that? I don't know. I'm at the stage, though, that even if he's not good in pass coverage, neither is Gunnar Maldonado. So who cares? Go ahead. 
put the dude out there, let him make plays, let him be that heat-seeking missile that uh, so many teams like to see. But Arizona's going to have to have some game-changing plays right there. Not only is Arizona going to have to have some game-changing plays, they are going to have to have some dudes that just kind of step up there and take the bull by the horn. And I think that's exactly, exactly what, um, excuse me, what Justin Flo is going to be able to do. So that's kind of your defensive breakdown right there. Now we need to talk about the offense. All signs, and again, things can change, but all signs right now point to, excuse me, all signs point to, um, who are starting here? We All signs point to, let's be honest here, starting. Noah Fafita is going to start. Um, and again, while things can change, I have a lot more confidence in Noah Fafita than I do Jaden Delora. When you watch Jaden Delora, there's some real, uh, sure, he can he can run around, he can sling the ball. There's There are some real things to like about Jaden Delora. But the biggest problem is you feel like this offense is kind of sputtered. It feels like you haven't really gotten that much better. And not only have you gotten, you might have regressed. Now you could say, you know, is it the legal stuff hanging over his head? Whatever the case may be. I don't know what it is, but as far as on the field, he has not been good. And not only has he not been good, you kind of feel like the team is really kind of ready for that Noah Fafita era to start. Noah is the consummate professional. He comes in there. He studies tape. I get that he's 5'7", but you know what? Sometimes uh, sometimes things are meant to be – molds are meant to be broken, and I think that could very well be the case with Noah Fafita in that he's got a big arm. He can move around. He can make all the throws. He was at Servite playing in the best uh, high school conference in the entire country, and not only that, he excelled. He's a legend there. Now, he's not the uh, wasn't the, considered the prospect that a DJ Uyagalele was, but if you just go by their impact on the field, he was right there. He was right there, and quite frankly, um, if he was even five eleven, he'd be at Alabama right now. That's how good he is. I think Arizona's got to roll with him. He also, I think, has a connection. He has a bond with the wide receivers that a dude like uh, Jaden Delora just doesn't have. Obviously, it goes without saying the T-Mac and Noah Fafita have a bond. But also, you, you watch Noah Fafita, and he comes into the game. He just looks confident in ways that those other guys just don't, and or that other guys, that Jane Delora doesn't. He came in. Arizona needed to score a touchdown. He marched him right down the field. Easy passes. Um, when he had the 15-yard run, he made the 15-yard run. It was that simple. And that's what you like to see. That's what you want to see out of a dude like a JD or excuse me, like a, a Noah Fafita or a JDL right there. But I think Noah Fafita, you look at his intellect and how he understands football, and it's just kind of a next level type thing. The JDL, I just don't think has. And I think if you were to pull this team, you would probably find that the majority of these players would like to see Noah Fafita at the quarterback spot. He's an easy dude to root for. Not only is he an easy dude to root for, he's a winner. He's shown that time and time and time again. He's a guy that you want there out there on the football field, and I think it's time. Uh, now listen, I think Arizona's going to get boat raced by Washington. I'm not going to sit here and say they aren't, but I also think that it's time to put him out there because when I think – um, let him take his lumps because I think by the end of the season, you're going to see that this dude is going to be Arizona's quarterback for the next three years. And not only is he going to be Arizona's quarterback for the next three years, he's going to be the player that guys kind of gravitate towards that 
Everybody wants to kind of be like Noah Fafita. Um, you want to come play with Noah Fafita. And again, he's got a big time reputation in uh, California and the dudes that he brought along with him, they can all play. Obviously, Kean Burnett, T-Mac, Jacob Manu, all these dudes are ballers. And you got when you got some a little bit of a credit, when you got a little bit of credit, when you got a little bit of gravitas like that, that's a that's a good thing right there. But again, we're going to continue to talk about Noah Fafita and the running back situation here. But first, FanDuel. All right, you know the drill. We are in the best time of the year for sports. And not only are we in the best time of the year for sports, we are at the time of the year where it is actually fun to go out there and watch football. And not only is it uh, not only is it fun to go out there and watch football, it's even more enjoyable to bet on football. Um, a big part of it, too, is being able to have a little bit of money in the game right now. Now, a big part of that also is FanDuel because you need somebody right there that can actually put that down and say, all right, we're going in there and here's the place where your money is good. FanDuel.com backslash locked on college. You will thank me later for everything. I guarantee you that. All right. Now, um, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to go back and we're going to talk about the rest of the offense. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats, and making this your first listen of the day. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right, now, now, what do we all need to know about the rest of the offense right here? Looks like Michael Wiley is going to be out for a while. And again, Michael Wiley is a very, very good running back, so take what I'm about to say here as a sign of utmost respect. But I also think we're at the point now where Jonah Coleman is at least as good, if not better, than him. Um, Jonah Coleman, I think, is at the stage now where he can get the ball 20 times per game. He can bounce off tackles. He can run in between tackles and not only bounce off and run in between tackles, but he can also get to that next level. He's shown a burst that I didn't think that Arizona was going to uh, see from him. And honestly, I think we're also now at the stage where, I, you know, again, he, Jonah Coleman, a very, very good running back. But I think a couple things, though, that we also need to keep in mind is that there's only one ball to go around. It sounds like our guy, Rayshon Speedy Luke, fam, is going to get some more touches as well. I like that. I think that gives you a little bit more of a, a dynamic presence out there. Again, Michael Wiley is Mr. Reliable. It would not surprise me at all if he's on the New England Patriots next year. But... Coleman also feels like an NFL back that could be somebody that gets the ball 15, 18 times. I think he's got that kind of potential to him. And then if that means that you get more Rayshon Speedy Luke fam in there, we want that to occur because fam can play. Now, at the other spots, then receivers are obviously great. You got Cowing, you got T Mac, you got uh, Montana Lamonius Craig, you got Tanner McLaughlin. Those dudes can all play. And not only can they all play, they're able to they're able to catch the ball and they're able to make next level plays kind of like the Washington receivers are to be quite frank I would love to see more of them out there not less of them um, along with maybe a few more uh, wide receivers in there and the O line sounds like Raymond Polito is going to be out so again that's a bummer obviously because you want Raymond Polito to be able to play because I think he's got a big time future in, uh, in front of him but. Sometimes, you know what, It everybody kind of goes at their own pace. Maybe a redshirt year will be good for him. You got Leif Magnuson coming in, though. Leif Magnuson, we love Leif Magnuson on this show, and quite frankly, you should love Leif Magnuson as well. Leif can play. Um, 
he, like Joe Borjon, is kind of that ultimate kind of uh, swing guard tackle that you feel you feel more than okay if he's got to go out there for a couple games. And I think you're going to see Leif out there right there. Big shout out to Quinn Magnuson as well. All right, but that's kind of where the line is. Jordan Morgan, Jonas Savanea, I feel more than comfortable with both of those dudes at the tackle. Obviously, I think those are both first-round picks. We've talked about Jordan Morgan a great deal and how good he is and that he's been, you know that he's 22 on NFL draft charts right now. He's going to be a first-round pick. I also think that it's probably fair to say that Jonas Savanea is going to be an even higher pick than him. So the tackles are good. Uh, Wendell Moe, Josh Baker, solid in the middle. We just need, yeah, you're going to need Leif to continue to play well. I don't see any reason why Leif can't play well. Um, and then Tanner McLaughlin's probably going to have to stay in and block some. But overall, I feel that this offense is more than capable of being able to put some points on the board. So we'll find that one out for sure. As far as a prediction goes, I think this is going to be a tough one for Arizona. I'm going something like 52 to 31, but I do believe that Noah Fafita is going to put some points on the board right here, some points on the board. That's what we like. Um, but I think that uh, Washington, like I said, uh, this is going to be a real problem for Arizona uh, defensively because Washington, like I said, is another a different animal entirely. I also think, too, that Washington is probably the best team uh, in the Western United States. Um, if they were to be in the college football playoffs, it would not surprise me in the least. That's how good they are. So this will be an interesting a barometer, an interesting measuring stick here for the University of Arizona. All right. On that note, though, you guys have a great rest of your weekend. We'll be back with you on the post-game show, breaking it all down, talking about Arizona, Washington, and everything that did occur out there. But again, this is a big-time big, big time game for Arizona, a lot of moving parts, and uh, we're going to continue to talk about that. But on that note, you've been listening to Locked On Wildcats. Thanks for making this your first listen of the day. We will be back with you tomorrow.